One of the reasons why I love Asana so much is because it was created to help teams organize, track, and manage their work so that they can accomplish more. It doesn't matter what time of day or time zone you find yourself in, teams are always aligned no matter what. Book a call to see how Asana can make the difference in eliminating work about work within your team. Welcome to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Mark E. Murray. In Systems We Trust dives into all things systems and processes and interviews the professionals who are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. Are you ready for more clarity? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. My name is Marquis. I'm your host. And today I'm speaking with Amy Foley. Amy started her entrepreneurial journey in 2011 when she left her corporate job to have more flexibility and time with her family and started a small virtual assistant business. The business evolves with the help of her co-founder, Michael Reynolds, into what is now known as Inbound Back Office, which provides back office support to marketing agencies. Amy has over 20 years of administrative experience in various industries, including manufacturing, real estate, accounting, marketing, SaaS, and more. She has a BA in business administration and a master's in information systems. When she's not running her business, she enjoys spending time with her family, running, traveling, and optimizing her health. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you, Marquis. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's good to catch up for the listeners. Um, a long time ago, when I ran my marketing agency, Amy and Inbound Back Back Office provided uh, marketing support for our team, and they were just phenomenal. And so I thought, let's have a conversation. Let's connect today. So it's good to catch up, Amy. Um, I know you've been running this business for quite a while now. You've got loads of experience. I'd love to start off just by asking, you know, kind of what you've been up to. How has Inbound Back Office evolved over the years? And what does your role look like in the business today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it definitely looks a lot different today. Um, so it, I used to do all of the work. That's how it started. And then I slowly brought on people to help with the workload because, you know, one person can only do so much. And so um, it just continued to grow organically from there. And now we have about, I think we're up to 72 team members. Um, wow. And uh, we have we have it broken out into teams based on the specialty. Um, whereas before it was just kind of like, you know, who wants to do this? Who wants to do this? <laughs> Um, and so now we, we have specific teams, each team has a manager and then we have an operations manager and a client success manager who kind of oversee the entire team. Um, and today Michael and I are more of in a mentorship role than anything else at this point, mentoring, you know, our operations manager and our client success manager on running the team and handling difficult client situations and things like that. Mm. Tell me yeah. more about the the, the team dynamic, because when we were working together, I mean, um, I was able to connect with one of your your paid media specialists. At one uh -huh. point, we had a HubSpot specialist kind of jumping in. So with this with the switch to teams, then are you deploying a full team, including like that manager within a company? What does that look like? Yeah, so not exactly. So when agencies come to us for help they usually have one or two or more specific needs so they might have a need just for you know someone to help them with their hubspot things so 
really they're just using that team member that for that service that they need. Um, and so they work directly with the team member. Obviously, if there's any issues or anything, then it will, might get escalated to the manager. But usually the manager isn't involved in the day-to-day and the manager is taking on their own clients as well. Right. Um, and then they're there to help facilitate um, the client and team member relationship as well as needed. Um, but yeah, the agencies are typically working directly with their specialist um, and they'll, they'll add them into their project management tool, um, essentially treat them as part of the team. Um, and that that's really how we want it um, because we find that that's the easiest way for marketing agencies to get the most done in the least amount of time. Right, okay. Um, and so how did things get the start? I mean, you and Michael at one point, you obviously identified that there was a need to specifically serve and support um, this marketing industry. Why marketing first off? And I'd love to just hear kind of a bit of the origin story. Like, how did you get to this point today? Yeah, so um, it's a super fun story. (laughs) So um, when my son was three, he broke his femur. Um, He's now six, he's 16 now. So (laughs) we've come a long way. Um, but he broke his femur and that requires when you're, when you're little and you break your femur, they put you in a half body cast. And so it required two people just to move him. Like, so my husband at the time and I had to stay home with him while, until that cast was off and that was four weeks. And so I had asked my employer if it would, was possible to work from home during that time. They didn't want to let me. Of course, this was like 2011. So, you know, it wasn't a thing back then. Um, And so we, I finally convinced them to let me work from home. And they're like, all right, well, we'll try it. Because I couldn't take a month off with no income. Like, that just wasn't an option. So I realized that I can actually do this. I can do it better than working in an office because I'm not, you know, I can work when it's quiet. I can work whenever I want and get my stuff done. Um, I was getting more done. I was getting it done faster. Um, and even though I had my family there and I still have my obligations. Uh, so when I went back, I said, Hey, can we, you know, work out something where I can like work from home sometimes, you know, maybe a couple of days a week. And they said, absolutely not. Um, even though, they saw the results. It didn't seem yeah. to matter. Um, yeah. So that's when I decided I needed to find something working from home. And I was really heavily um, using Twitter at the time. So I knew and I was like talking. I was friends with like a lot of bloggers and things like that. So I knew there were things I could do. Uh, I didn't know exactly what would fit, but it didn't really matter. I just knew I could do something. And I just started looking for something. And I reached out to contacts and um, somebody I knew and I'm still friends with today. She was like, Hey, there's a company they're freelance for. They're actually looking for a part-time person. That's going to turn full-time that's remote. And ironically, they had to hire someone in Pennsylvania because of some grant that they had. Yeah. And so I was like, perfect. So they hired me. I worked nights and weekends for them until they got to know my work. And then it turned into a full-time thing. And I was able to leave my in-office job. And then I got really efficient at that job and kind of worked out the kinks of how to work from home with two little ones. And, um, which was really hard when there were like, nobody else is doing it. So like, I was just like making this up as I went along. And, um, that's when I was like, Hey, I have all this extra time. 
I should be making money on the side. <laughs> and yeah. so I was like, you know, I could be a virtual assistant. Like I have all these admin skills, like why not? So I put up like a little very cheap and basic one page website just with my information on it. And I went to Twitter and I started um, a search for looking for people who were looking for uh, referrals for virtual assistants. They, uh, they were asking their friends, hey, do you know anybody? So when I would see that, I would uh, message them and say, hey, I'm a virtual assistant. You know, here's my website. Let me know if you want to chat. And Good. the first week of doing that, I got three clients, one of which was Michael. Michael was my very first client. Wow. Yeah. And so he owned an agency at the time, marketing agency. And so in working with him, I learned HubSpot. I learned all about inbound marketing. And I was at some point was looking for somebody who could help me with his work because I was like getting overloaded with all of my clients. And I was having a hard time finding anybody who knew anything about HubSpot outside of agencies. And so I was like, I, this, this could be something like yeah. if I can't find anybody, then agencies probably are having trouble as well. And so that's kind of where the niche came in, where we started to think about, you know, let's start focusing on these people. And it kind of happened organically because Michael was telling all of his agency, you know, colleagues about me and they just kept coming out of the woodwork, like wanting to hire me. So then down the road, Michael said, hey, you know, we kind of have this good thing going. He's like, what if we join forces and kind of built this thing within my agency? And then, you know, and then eventually once it was, you know, big enough and strong enough, we kind of put it out on its own. That was in 2018 when it okay. was finally out of his agency. And then he sold his agency and we've been building, you know, inbound back office ever since. Wow. That's that's incredible. I, I love that you started like on Twitter. So what year was it that you went to Twitter and you had built your website? Was that in 2011 or was that was that later? That was in 2013. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, so it took me a little time to figure out working from home. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I knew at that point, I knew that that job wasn't necessarily, it, it wasn't for me. Uh, for long term, it was. I mean, I'm so appreciative of the opportunity because I don't think I'd be here today without it. But um, ah. I definitely knew I was essentially doing software testing, and I didn't love it. So I was like, I don't think that's right for me. So that's when I started thinking about other ways that I could make money from home. Okay, awesome. Uh, I just again, I love that you went to Twitter when I was starting out freelancing, doing digital marketing, which led to my marketing agency. Eventually, I feel like online marketing was just a little bit more straightforward. It was simpler. Like I went to Twitter. I had same like you, I built my website. Um, I was running yellow pages ads and I went I to Twitter and it was simply send me an email if you're interested in X services, right? <laughs> People were responding. It was so much easier. I feel like, um, but for you, like I'd be curious to know based on your experience, you know, which industries or what jobs do you feel helped you the most to prepare you for entrepreneurship, right? Like you're coming from like very different backgrounds. And though you said you were making it up as you go, the bottom line is you did it. You overcame, you pushed through and you created like a sliver in the market. So what do you feel really prepared you for that? 
Well, I mean, I've been doing administrative work for, I mean, that's really where my strengths were. I mean, every job I ever had was yeah. administrative in nature. And the fact that I could not, I mean, I was very good. And so, you know, I would try to go and get promoted into, you know, more complex jobs and things like that. And I just couldn't because I was so good at what I did. And it's very hard to find somebody very good at that job. And so wow. nobody ever wanted to let me go any higher. Um, so I kind of had a drive um, and I've always just really loved money. And so, you know, working right. as an administrative assistant in an office, you aren't going to make that much money. And so I, I, I don't know, there was just something inside of me. And I never like, I never thought that the company would be this big. Like, I just thought I was going to be a freelancer, you know, and just like yeah. be happy with that. Um, but my my love of money kind of <laughs> pushed me past that because, um, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. And so, like, you can only make so much as a freelancer uh, without, you know, raising your rates higher than anybody wants to pay. And so... I uh, end up hiring a business coach when I was doing the freelancing and um, just just kind of explore uh, what what the possibilities were and the uh, hiring her was the best thing I couldn't afford her she let me barter with her with services awesome. yeah so like I learned kind of from her like how entrepreneurs do things and like different ways of thinking about things um, and she really gave me that push to know that like can do it like you're not just an administrative assistant you can you know build this thing and and lead a team if you want to and you did it built a great team Amy. yeah they're awesome um, they absolutely are um <laughs> you said earlier that you and michael are more involved in like mentoring now are you still involved in the sales um aspect on the front end of of ibo who's taking care of that and like, where are the customers coming from? Because you have these teams and you're placing them. I'm just curious how you're finding the fit, how customers are finding you. And so what does your role in the, the sales and the procurement of, of new clients look like? Yeah, so I typically will do most of the prospecting. Um, and I do a lot of that on LinkedIn. Well, all of what I do is on LinkedIn. I love yeah. LinkedIn. Um, and so I'm just kind of building relationships. It's kind of a long game uh, when you do it that way, um, but I kind of like it better that way. And, um, you know, a lot of the relationships that we've built over time uh, have been, you know, forged through word of mouth, honestly. Um, so early on, before I was doing LinkedIn, um, we didn't have to do any marketing. We didn't have to do right. anything. Like people just came to us. Uh, we, we do have, you know, um, like incentives for people to refer, uh, you know, their colleagues to us. So that's part of it. But also, you know, just when people share how great of a job we're doing, like that is the prospecting. I mean, that's, that's really where I wanted to go because like, I'm like, if we just have a great team and great services and people are happy, like they're going to do the marketing for us. They're going to yeah. do that prospecting for us. Um, so it's been really light lifting, honestly. It's only been recently when the economy just started, you know, taking a nosedive that I've had to, you know, kind of up my game a little bit. And right. um, 
But yeah, our, our our client success manager does all like the discovery calls uh, when we do get prospects in. Um, and so she closes all the deals. Uh, so we kind of work in tandem. And uh, Michael is uh, still pretty active in a lot of groups uh, that are geared towards uh, HubSpot agencies. And okay. so a lot of times the people, you know, will say, hey, I'm looking for, you know, a developer. And Michael will be like, hey, you know, check us out. And so we get some through there too. So it's kind of a team effort. Okay. And what's the biggest need from your customers that are, are coming in or when you are referred by a happy customer? What are these teams, these businesses really looking for? Is it an individual? Are they looking to build out um, uh, a campaign in HubSpot and they need expertise for just that, that one single campaign? Or are these ongoing projects where people are placed, you know, on a semi-permanent basis? curious to know like what people are looking for yeah so um we get all types we get consultants who want to build a huge company and don't want to ever hire anybody and they want to use us as their full team um those are my favorite um (laughs) but then we get like you know small to medium-sized agencies who um you know they're not ready to hire full-time people for specific things yet and so they want to use us for a little while until they're you know better prepared for that or we'll have agencies who maybe need to cover a maternity leave uh they need help with that kind of thing so it's it really runs a gamut between you know one-off projects to you know fully long term we have a couple clients that have used us for years and years and years and they use us as their entire team um yeah and i would say as far as you know what specifically they're looking for content is our biggest area and that would be followed by our paid medias um social media and then we also have we also have a decent need for development uh because we've got developers who can develop in hubspot wordpress and you know pretty much any other platform and so what does the process look like then? You have this need, it's been identified, they're looking for support. Talk us through the onboarding, right? Yeah. You say a sales are completed. What does onboarding look like and how is the relationship managed after the sale is closed? Yeah. So Nikki, who is our client success manager, she will she's the one who does the discovery call. And so the one they sign on, they Nikki's already have great, a relationship. By the way. Yeah, she I is fantastic. Yeah. She has she and Michelle's our operations manager, and they have been with us since almost since day one. Incredible. Um, yes. And they were, they both were, came to us through, um, people at Michael's agency. So like they're, they're the best. They run the team essentially. Um, but so Nikki's already forged that relationship with the client. And so she'll do a kickoff call with them and kind of download all of the information, you know, what type of project management tool you're using. Um, and, you know, what time zone are you in and what specific services, you know, do you want to start with? Because a lot of times in the sales call, they're like, yeah, I need X, Y, Z and all these things, but then they don't necessarily want to start with everything. Um, So a lot of times, you know, especially if they're not um, well-versed in delegating, they might start with something small just to get their feet wet and see how it works. Um, Other clients who know delegation and they know it well, they typically will jump right in with a bunch of things. Um, but then Nikki will kind of go over like, here's how it works. And, you know, if you have any issues, you contact me immediately and we'll figure it out. Um, 
And from there, Nikki will connect the client with the service area specialist that they'll be working with for that particular service. So for example, if it's HubSpot production, um, she'll connect them with the HubSpot production specialist. And then from there, the client works directly with that specialist. Um, and then, you know, it's an ongoing relationship. If they need to add services, they just contact Nikki. If they have some type of issue, um, you know, in a virtual world, sometimes things happen and you don't get responses. Unfortunately, it happens. Yeah. And so, you know, they'll reach out to Nikki and we figure it out. So um, okay. it's really, Nikki's kind of involved all along the way. And she, she uh, regularly checks in with clients as well, just to make sure everything's going okay, see if there's anything else they need kind of thing. Awesome. And if, if I can, like one of the things that I loved about how we started working together, I mean, there was the kickoff call. I met the, the team that would be working with us at the time, but it was a, a big requirement that they would be able to come in to our systems. And okay. so rather than saying, hey, we have this Trello board and we're going to invite you to the board and anytime you want anything, put it on there. It was, we will come into your environment and start running. And that was like, the the biggest reason why we went with inbound back office is because we had options but everyone else was no fit into our mold right okay. in this case it was your team was coming into our slack coming into our sauna our hubspot um sometimes they, it was required if they were client facing that they needed an email and so we would deploy that for them and all of a sudden it's like you have this team member who's always been there who's an expert at what they do right and so that was like such an incredible um, way to start the relationship because not a lot of agencies or virtual assistant um, placement agencies are really doing that. So hats yes. off <laughs> to you. Um, Thank you. And your team. You mentioned it earlier and I want to ask a question about, you know, the other side of the business, right? As an entrepreneur, it's not always easy. And you mentioned that recently with the economic changes that we've seen that you yourself have had to like step up your game i'd love to explore that a little bit more but really understand what have the challenges looked like along the way for you as an entrepreneur right whether it's in the business or personally and if there's a story you can tell us as to how you know things kind of transpired and how you were able to get through it yeah yeah so you know, like starting last fall, I started to have a, a struggle really hard with not being needed so much in the business, <laughs> um, <laughs> like mentally. And of course, that's when all of this like ec economic stuff started, you know, spiraling out of control as well. So it was just kind of like a one two punch to me. Um, yeah. And so it it kind of worked well that I needed to up my game. Um, basically just, you know, being much more intentional on LinkedIn um, and being much more present and, um, you know, being much more like available to, you know, sometimes I will hop on sales calls with clients that I met on LinkedIn because I feel like if it, like when I look at it from a client's perspective, like if I, you know, meet this person and, to me, it would feel disjointed then to be handed off to somebody else yeah. um, to talk about the company, especially if we've already forged this relationship. So a lot of times I will, you know, take sales calls and things like that, um, which I used to do. I used to do them all myself. So it's not like it's something foreign to me, but I haven't done it in a long time. And Nikki's much better at it, <laughs> um, quite frankly. But um, 
but yeah, like that kind of thing. Um, but also, you know, like just in talking about like mental health, like I had a series of stressful events happen at that same time. Personally, um, we had to put our dog down uh, last year and then I was in my first ever car accident, which I'm like 44 years old and I've never been in a car accident until then. And while everyone was okay physically, you know, my car was totaled and I just like, I didn't want to drive ever again. And like, wow. I, it was, it really like, it really messed with me. Um, I feel like it shouldn't because it wasn't like that crazy. Uh, but it was just like, I was just like, I, you know, I, I just felt like I couldn't trust anybody cause it was, it was someone else's fault. And so I was like, you know, that could well. happen anytime like now that it's happened once now i feel like it's gonna happen every time i go so yeah. like that really kind of messed with me and then i was diagnosed with adhd and you know went through a slew of medications until i decided i really don't want to be on medication so like there's just like this whole like back to back to back to back stuff that has been happening um that just kind of semi-spiraling. So, you know, I've had to have a lot of, you know, hard talks with people in my life and myself about like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, the company yeah. is not, you know, the company doesn't necessarily need me as much. Um, and once the economy bounces back, I won't, you know, probably have to be as intentional as, as I have been over the last several months. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think probably finding other things to, you know, to kind of branch off of IBO that I can do myself um, might be something that I look into maybe somewhere around like productivity or something like that. Maybe teaching people how to create a virtual assistant business, something around those two things is where I kind of feel more comfortable. Um, but I'm kind of thinking of still kind of keeping with the entrepreneurial stuff, even though you know, I still have this business, but it doesn't quite need me as much. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Don't blame you for, uh, you know, second guessing things and, you know, not wanting to go certain places. I mean, I have my own struggles with, with mental health and, um, I, I went on Zoloft a couple, a few years ago now. Uh -huh. um, with the recommendation of my doctor and my therapist. And um, just a quick aside, I mean, you mentioned that you were, you know, diagnosed with ADHD and you decided that you didn't want to be on medication anymore. Was that something that you, you know, took into your own hands to say, I'm going to find alternatives to cope with this? Did you find that there was something that was happening there? Because for me, I went through several rounds of refills and you know, it worked for a little bit. And then all of a sudden my anxiety, like one day just skyrocketed again. And I felt like I kept increasing my dosage of the medication. And I'm like, is this just going to be a thing that I do over and over like forever for the rest of my life? And personally, I was not okay with that. So similar to you, I just made the decision myself to just stop. Uh -huh. And it's probably been seven or eight months since I've taken my last uh, pill so just curious what was going through your mind at that time and did you find other coping mechanisms or, or or was there something else that took place there yeah so um 
I initially didn't even, I suspected that I had had it. Um, and I initially didn't even want to get a diagnosis because my feeling was the only reason to get a diagnosis is to get on medication. Like to me, like, you know, the signs and symptoms, you know, whether I have the label or not, like I know what's going on. So I hesitated even to do that. And then finally, like, I just had a bad day and I was like, you know what, we're just going to do this because I just want things to be better. And like, you know, it's probably the same uh, with other mental health medications where, you know, you try one and it may or may not work. And, you know, you're still dealing with the side effects, but it might not be, you know, helping your your initial issue. And yeah. so I went on the first one. The side effects were terrible. It wasn't really helping. And so I was like, I'm not doing this. Like I went through three cycles of that and I was just like, I'm not doing this. I, I'm done. And then I would, it, I would have a bad day and I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to try another one. And so like I did that for a couple of months. And then finally, I w- after the third one, I was like, all of these have like these terrible side effects that I don't want to live with, even if it does help with the initial thing, which nothing I tried did. Yeah. The side effects were so unbearable that I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like there has to be better ways. And yep. um, I'm kind of into like, more holistic medicine i was just kind of looking at medication as like i just want to fix this fast and so i was like you know what i feel like if we may maybe there's some other underlying things that are you know causing this to like be worse because i'm i mean i'm 44 and i was just diagnosed i'm sure i've lived with this for a while right um so I actually have been working with a functional practitioner who ran a bunch of tests, found a bunch of stuff going on in my gut that is probably contributing to a lot of it and probably brought on by stress, most of it. Um, And, you know, we're working on cleaning up my diet and working on supplements and stress is probably my biggest thing because I'm just like a stress addict. And so, um, you know, through working on those things, I'm finding that it's not as bad as it has been. I think we still have some more work to do, but um, I can see things going in the right direction at this point. It's just a right. little slower path than popping a pill and going about your day. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the way it was supposed to always be, right? You taking the holistic approach. Right. Um, yeah, I think there's something that's that's there that we kind of drifted away from as a society, right? And went oh, to absolutely. the and the doctors that are just prescribing and doing research or being sold a certain product to put in front of us. But um, yes, oh, we could get into whole discussions <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I've been thinking about spinning up a whole other podcast just to talk about just life and health and- Oh, that would be get- good get down to like the real nitty gritty. Um, I'd love to know, I mean, all of these events that transpired, I mean, the diagnosis, the accident, your dog, I mean, my dog's sitting right here uh-huh. beside me. And I'm like, I can't imagine a day where like he's not there, but it's going to happen. Um, uh-huh. And so I'd just be curious to know, how did these events really change how y- you spend your time or what you deem to be important in life like how did you start thinking differently about life and business after coming through this 
Um, yeah, it kind of put everything into perspective. And of course, we jumped right in and got a new puppy um, in December. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I love my puppy and I'm totally happy today. But when yeah. we got her, like she's a lab and she's nuts. And I was not prepared for that because our old dog was like a little poodle and she was like, old and didn't do anything she was like a lump and i was like i could do that again <laughs> right very different um but yeah like my perspective on time specifically is changing um i was listening to a podcast the other day and they mentioned something called like there's a product out there called your life in weeks and so you basically go on and you put in your age and um, it sends you this thing that shows you how many weeks you actually have left based on, you know, when you probably will die. And in reality, you probably have a lot less because you could, you know, go at any time. Sure. And, um, you know, I don't know, something about just thinking about like how many weeks I probably have left and how many weeks until, you know, my kids go to college, which is probably in like a year or less. Yeah. Um, and like just thinking about that and how much time we actually have left, it's not that much. And so I'm really trying to refocus on like what I, I'm trying to figure out like what I actually want, because I've always been very reactive my whole life, like and chasing money because I never had any. And so it was just yeah. like, I just need to solve all my problems by making more money that will just solve my problems. And it never has. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's definitely made for a better life, but um, more money, more problems. Well, exactly, and it's just yeah. like and 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 kind of figuring out what it means, like what enough actually means. Like that is really hard for Ow. me because it's just like, you know, like we make X dollars a month and we have all this extra every month, but we're still striving for more. And it's like for what? Like why? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when is enough enough? And um, and it also kind of makes me think about like when I first started the business and I was freelancing, like like I could do freelancing on the side of IBO to fill up my time. But like then I'll be in the race of, well, you know, I have this many hours to work in a day. Like how much money can I possibly make every day? Like I don't want to yeah. trade my time for money. Like if I do something, I want it to be, you know, trading my value for money yeah. instead. And I think that I've never really had that mindset until now um, yeah. and kind of going, you know, I just want to be able to take a really long walk in the middle of the afternoon. And, you know, yeah. when when you're freelancing or, you know, you're working for a company like you really can't do that. Um, maybe some days you can, but you know, if you're trying to maximize your money and you're, you know, making an hourly rate, you like, you're like, well, no, it's going to be the work every time. Yeah. So yeah, it's really made me think. Oh man, that's, I don't know how we got here exactly. Um, but <laughs> uh, you said like, what does enough mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I got a little tear on this side when, as soon as you said that, because it, it's so true. We're chasing just more. And especially as business owners and entrepreneurs, like I know for me, I'm kind of at a place right now where it's, it's tough because my enough is, is one thing. And then my level of success at this mm -hmm. point in my life is another thing. 
uh-huh. five years ago, 10 years ago, if you told me that I'd be spending my days like this, I would just be so happy. I'd be like, I, no, there's no way. There's no way. And right. if we look at what success looked like in 2011 or for you 2018 when IBO started, it's like the version of you now, I'm, and I can speak for myself, like I've achieved everything uh-huh. that at that point I had set out, like the goals that I had set, the things that I thought I'd be doing, how much money I'd be making. Like I've achieved all of that. But like my story now is like enough is it's a difficult thing to wrap my brain around because like you you want to achieve more, you want to do better, and there's always going to be another campaign or another marketing idea or a podcast that I want to get on. I, I wrote a book last year um, that's now in beta, and I've got to write version two, and it's just like you keep stacking all of these accomplishments against each other right? And enough doesn't seem like enough anymore. And so I often will talk about goal setting. And for, you know, the first time in a long time, it's like goals are aligning with the activities that I'm spending my day doing. And as long as I can get through those activities every single day, just do a little bit, right? And eventually I'll, I'll achieve that goal. And when I get there, you celebrate that. Because I think that's another thing. We don't take enough time to celebrate what we've actually accomplished as business owners and like pat ourselves on the back and just take time to just relish and wow, I did this. I achieved something because I worked really hard at it. Yeah. So we're always just on to the next thing, right? We're on to the next thing. There's always something else to do. It doesn't ever end. Yeah. And so it's like, there's no time to celebrate. No, we've got to keep moving. You got to keep going. <laughs> my, my, my kids, you mentioned your kids a couple of times. I've, I've got two seven-year-old boys and they really keep me in check. Every day they get home, it's 2.30. I'll pick them up every day from school. And they come home and they're like, dad, how many phone calls do you have? And it's always one more. It's always at least one or two more yeah. phone calls. And then I've got to do work, right? Because my work day's not done. But they've gotten into this habit of being like, hey, is it a call you can cancel or do you have to do it? <laughs> like, sometimes oh, that man. I know, That's right? Good sometimes, reminder, though. Right? Like, is this important? Do I need to be there, or is it more important that I spend my time with my kids and we get outside or we play video games or like they love playing checkers? Like, should I just sit down and play checkers with them? And like, if that was one of those things that you know I could measure as enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for me to get time with my kids every single day, like that's more than I ever could have wanted is just to like be in their lives and and be a dad and really connect with them. So my question coming out of this, and um, maybe this will be one of the last ones, but I I love this, this topic, Amy, is what does enough look like for you? Have you, have you figured that out? Have you gotten to a new place where you've come through all of this and you know now, or are you still chasing it? I'm still looking. I haven't figured it out quite yet. Um, And I think the answer would be different. Uh, So I am remarried. um, And I I feel like the answer would be different if I was just like a single person. Like when I was single, like I, I mean, I saved a lot of what I made. um, And I was very, uh, I was very frugal, but just because I didn't there was something I wanted. Like I have everything that I need and I feel like I've gotten away from that. Um, and the other thing is we have like, we're, 
you know, we're in our mid forties, you know, we're not going to be far off from, you know, wanting to retire. Although I say I never want to retire because I would get bored, but I mean, maybe slow down a little bit and we have to put money aside for that. And, you know, we have three children we have to send to college within, you know, the next one to three years. And, and that is expensive. And, you know, one of our big goals was to be able to send them without them having to take on any debt. And it's really important to us. And I don't know that we're going to get there, but we're working on it. And it's just like, we just keep saying whenever, whenever we're done with that, like we'll be good. And I I just, I, I, it's just hard. Like when you have things like that always coming up and it's just like, they're big things. Yeah. Like, I don't know when enough is enough, but like, even when I'm just like sitting there thinking about something, oh, I want to go buy that and I go to Amazon and and buy it like in two seconds. Like, I'm like, then when I'm waiting for it to get here, I'm like, did I really need to order that? Like, really? Right. So just like even just like curbing our spending and kind of slowing down a little bit and maybe like, you know, putting our time and our mental effort into you know relationships yeah over like more stuff because we've got plenty like yeah and relationships have always been hard for me so i think that's kind of why i'm just like oh no we're just gonna stay on this path here and relationships are for later you know and later then never comes right so (laughs) that's the yeah man that amazon thing hit home you know it's bad when yeah the package shows up and you legit have no idea oh. what's in the box. Oh my God. It like, is I, bad. It is like, bad. We, I we know. Am- Amazon can't find our house. We just recently moved into a new development and Amazon cannot find our house. And so we, we, uh, we have stuff sent to a locker, but if there's anything subscribe and save or too big for the locker, we have to have it sent to my dad's. And he's like, you, you guys get so much stuff and i'm like yeah. i know we need to stop i know, I know. It's, it's bad <laughs> i know it's like i ordered this two days ago how can i already have i already forgotten what's inside yeah, exactly and i feel like for us it's like we just order so much like i don't know what it is like not sure yeah like i guess i probably didn't need it that bad then if i don't know what it is right we've got problems that's for another episode yeah. right Amy- <laughs> I would love to leave the the listeners with just some some practical ways like you have um, if you were to share kind of one message today on things that you put in place in your life, whether they be systems in your business or, you know, um, kind of borders in your life to to cope and move to this next place um, professionally, what would that message be or, or what are those things that you you did practically to really see change? in how you run your business and how you run your life. I know you said you love to optimize your health. So what what's that message that we can leave the listeners with today? Yeah, I it's definitely going to go back to health um cuz you know, without health you're you're dead, right? So like and you can't really do much when you feel like crap. So um and I've gone through times where I felt like crap and it's the hardest times to do anything and then I've gone through times where I feel much better and it's like things seem so much easier. So I would say definitely, um, you know, making sure that you're, you're eating well. I mean, you know, we know what that means generally, you know, less processed food, less fast food and more home cooked meals and fruits and vegetables essentially. Um, 
and and exercise uh that's a big one i run every day i you know lift weights five days a week so like i'm and those are non-negotiable they are on my calendar and they they happen without fail and and for me a big thing uh that helps me make sure that those things happen is planning ahead of time you know um planning what you're gonna eat i know it sounds boring but it's actually I can tell when I don't do it versus when I do do it, it works much better when I plan. Um, and and really planning your day as well. I think just mapping out like your priorities for the day, you can, if you put it on your calendar, you can really see how much time you actually have to get stuff done. And you can see when, you know, this is all the time I have, so this is all I can get done today. And so right. this other Good. stuff that's not as important might have to wait another day. Um, that helps with the the mental health piece of it too. I love that. This is all that I can do today. So important, yes. right? Tomorrow will come and you can work some more then. I love that. Exactly. So listeners, um, head over to inboundbackoffice.com to find out, you know, what Amy's up to and, you know, find out how you can start working with, with her company. Amy, where's the best place for people to connect with you? I know you mentioned LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other places on the internet that you're hanging out these days or is that the um, best one? Yeah, LinkedIn is it. Um, yeah, I'm not a big social media person. So LinkedIn is where I tend to be. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, can't thank you enough for the conversation today yeah, and the insight you. you shared. Um, sorry, we have to cut it short uh, here. but Quite all right. I'm sure <laughs> we'll talk again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, Amy. Have a good day. Thanks, Marky. Thanks for listening to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Marquis Murray. If you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to rate the episode and share it with a friend. 